This week's podcast brought to you by Jack's Georgia Lantern. On Sunday, you brought our seventh grader and her friends someplace you never go, the shopping mall. A thrill for them, not so much for you, but you did text me. I'm at the mall. It's time to kill. Is there anything you need? And I, and I responded to you, no, but please hit up Chess King, Spencer, B. Dalton, Musicland, and Orange Julius for me. And you replied, that's my mall bingo card. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. The other day, I was in the car and at a stoplight, and I saw a high school-aged kid who was looked like he was out for a jog. He was in jogging gear. And he was uh, running along the sidewalk and uh, and but he was working a little too hard. And then I realized it was because he was wearing flip flops, um, not not the thong kinds that go between your toes. But, you know, the, the flip flops are like slide, slides. slides. Yeah. And I was like trying to figure out exactly what was happening. Um, but while I was at the light, he continued to jog. And as I left, he was still jogging. So it's not like he was running from one place to another, you know, and happened to be in flip-flops. And then you saw a cartoon woman behind him with a rolling pin. <laughs> and then it, it, it looked like he was out for a jog in slides. I've never seen that before. I, I've, I've, I'm still curious as to exactly you, what was going on there. You didn't slow down and ask him if he was in distress or needed a ride or was fleeing uh, an attacker? No, because it wasn't like he was, again, it's not like he was sprinting from point A to point B. And it was it was in a weird place to be doing that anyway. Um, it didn't look like he was trying to rush ahead to you know meet somebody at he looked like he was out for a jog other than the fact that he was wearing slides. I also saw a jogger recently. He he was in a bloody shirt and no <laughs> shoes, no pants. And his hair was on fire. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought that's an odd jogging uh, outfit. When I was a kid, a buddy of mine, his dad used to come home from work and jog in his I don't know, wingtips, his dress shoes, and khakis, and a and a sh- long sleeve shirt, button-down shirt. You're kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding. And, they, and the Running shoes existed in those days, didn't well, they? Well, he may have put on uh, – he. oh, absolutely. I'm not that old. But he may have put on, like, uh, low-top Chuck Taylors. But, but he my, still left on his – Absolutely. Khakis. I mean, and sweats existed in those days as well. He could have put on his Rocky outfit of just that's, sweatpants and a sweatshirt, That's right? why I remember it, because it was unusual for that time and for any time. But for any time, that's unusual. But, well, even was going for a jog a little unusual in those days too? No, the, the 70s was the big running boom, Dr. Okay. Jim Fix and uh, tennis boom, handball, all kinds of uh, – you know, Elvis died – uh, after a vigorous game of, of uh, was it handball or racquetball in his handball slash racquetball pavilion at Graceland. I know that's that that's what they said at the time on the Graceland tour, um, which I took. It's in 
Road Swing book I wrote about my drive around the United States. But uh, what is, what is weirder? Let me ask you this. And this is a weird place to start the podcast, but let me ask you this. Is it weirder that people occasionally jogged in street clothes in the 70s? Or is it more weird that everybody dresses now as if they're going for a jog despite not jogging? No, that's true. Athleisure, right? Isn't yeah. that the phrase? Yeah, it is. I, I, I believe you're... you're I'm not in athleisure right now. Right now I no? normally am in athleisure, in but jeans, I'm not right? right now. I'm in jeans right now, but... Uh, no, you're 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 one hundred percent right. I, I don't own a pair of jeans. I haven't for years. I didn't own a pair of jeans for years. We may have talked about this. I was known for wearing like non jeans in in high school, mm-hmm. and I haven't worn jeans in years. But for some, there was some window in my life where I did wear jeans. It's just I'm just not in that uh, window any longer. I wear I wear jeans. Jeans are one of the uh, few pairs of casual non athleisure pants that I can get. To fit my long legs, um, but I've never gone for a jog in jeans. I'm sure I've had to run from point A to point B in jeans or in. Oh, you de- make dash through airports yeah, to very make true. connections. Yeah, and realize that you could do it. You've had to run probably in high heels, have you? Um, I don't think I've ever had to run. I have in high heels. Um, I don't think. I would I would take them be, off. I would take them off and go barefoot before I did that, yeah. You and I have uh, already had our cups of coffee this morning. And uh I think it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? Maybe the day before I wanted to make a pot of coffee. I was going somewhere. I wanted to take the coffee um take my cup of coffee with me. And I was going to make the coffee and and how our coffee pot is, it has like the the insert and then there's a mesh insert that you can put the the grounds in um but i usually put the paper inside insert inside that mesh insert anyway but so i'm going to make a cup of coffee and uh, on our drying rack area i find the um pot i find the lid that goes on the pot i find the insert but i don't think i think i had rinsed out the pot cleaned it up i don't find the mesh insert that goes inside the actual insert so i'm I'm looking all around i'm like where could this thing be i'm looking in drawers because sometimes you just Normally, it's just out on the drying rack or it's in the coffee pot because we use it every day. And uh, I'm trying to think, okay, I I saw Steve yesterday cleaning this out. Where would his brain have put it? So I open a couple of drawers, even though that would be a really weird place to put it. And then I look in the, uh, the, the cabinets right near there. That would be a really weird place to put it. But it's still, I'm, I'm, trying to channel your brain every once in a while i will put my phone in the pantry or something yeah i'm just trying to figure out where the heck could this be times i'm running a little short i need to make this thing a pot of coffee because i want i want this before i leave the house and eventually my brain channeling your brain and columbo which i don't watch but you do I open up the trash and I start digging through and I find the insert, which has the paper insert in it, which also still is full of coffee grounds. And I just took it out. And uh, the insert that you're talking about is a permanent piece of the yeah, it's like coffee a, maker. yeah, yeah. It's it's a reusable, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a an indispensable piece of the coffee yes, maker you, that you I had need, dispensed with. Exactly. 
And uh, I was just thankful because once my brain said, check the trash, I was thinking, ah, yes, of course, that's where it is. And I was just glad it was in the current active trash so that I didn't have to go in the garage and open up an old bag of trash. Dumpster dive. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry about that. I, I obviously I think, have no memory of having done it. I, I clearly did it. But uh, and it's the kind of thing that I would do. And it, but it's but it's not only is it the kind of thing that you would do, it's um, so typical in that you were trying to be helpful. You were trying to be helpful by cleaning the coffee maker, and even when you have the best of intentions, um, oftentimes the the result is flawed. <laughs> and oftentimes, always, almost I, always, I, all of my good deeds go punished. You weren't punished. It was it was just uh, you came no, downstairs, it, and I, I showed you, and I, I kind of walked you through. I'm like, I've been looking for this insert, and look where I found it in no, the trash. I, I'm not being punished by you, but I'm punishing myself. I, it makes me sad when I think that I'm doing something helpful, and and invariably, it's not helpful. And in fact, my effort to help ends up with my wife uh, submerged in a dumpster. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that that is like sort of a representation of what help looks like for you is that I metaphorically and sometimes up literally diving into a dumpster to fix whatever mess you made. And, and the examples are, are too many to, to name. Yeah, it, it it is true. But um I thought that was perfect. We record this on election day um two two days after we turn back the clocks. Fell back. Yes, fall behind. Fall behind. Fall back. Fall back. And and we woke. This is, this is disconcerting to me because we woke up on Sunday morning, and um, I think our one of our kids said the we haven't changed the time on the microwave and on the stove. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the time on our phones is is the accurate time. And I said, "What are you talking about? We fell back last night." I said, "No, we fell back." Last weekend, I had I had thought that we had gained an hour of sleep the previous weekend. I had turned back the clocks one week before the rest of the country did. And in I your still, mind, not you hadn't actually changed the clock anywhere, but in your brain, it had already happened. As the Buggles said in video, "Killed the radio star." In my mind and in my car, I I. I, I it, it was the strangest wrinkle in time where I thought we had changed the clocks back an hour earlier a week ago. I feel like I've gained two hours. I, I still don't know how it happened. Well, I know this because it, it really kind of uh, took me for a little bit of a loop because Friday night I, I worked um, late into the night to do um, – net studio for yes network saturday night i worked late into the night as well so i did not have a good night's sleep at all sunday woke up i think that was the morning i was looking for the coffee insert and um before taking our daughter to her basketball game and i looked and she mentioned something about you know changing the clocks i had zero awareness of it being um that time of year i hadn't seen anything on social media because i hadn't really been on social media um you know i hadn't seen anything on tv because all i had been watching was nba stuff getting ready for for my uh my net studio i had it's not like one of those situations like oh yeah I, i remember seeing something about that i had not seen anything i had zero zero idea that this was happening and and i just said well that's 
you know, one of the good things that comes from our our phones and my Apple Watch is that uh, it just my I had set my alarm and it just did all the magic for me in the night by you know falling back and uh, and then still waking me up. Well, you, when you say that time of year, it's easy to understand why you have no idea it's that time of year because yesterday it was in the mid to high 70s here and the day before it was uh disconcertingly balmy yeah uh floridian kind of weather and and I, we had to turn from heat it was 77 degrees in the house yesterday i realized and i, I put the ac on for a little bit to cool it down and then we woke up this morning and it was 64 degrees in yeah. the house not from the ac but because the outside temperature was like 40 right Right. No, I know it's crazy. And yesterday, I spent the uh, a few hours in the afternoon in stores at at Yukon. S T O R S. S T O R R S. At Yukon, um, every fall we go up there for kind of a media day with ESPN, where I sit down and, and inter- interview some players and Coach Oriama. And uh, and it was unreal. I get out of the car, and it's this beautiful, warm day, and I, I see kids walking around in shorts and t-shirts. And it's well, they do that at college. Early if it's November, I know, but they were degrees. without goosebumps. They were walking around in that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's kind of crazy. I'll, I'll call my first women's college game this coming Friday. It's uh, South Carolina at Maryland. Um, should be a really good game. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, the, it's. It's, you know, you, people say, oh, it's such a beautiful day. And y- yes, the weather is pleasant, but also alarmingly so this time of year. When you're walking across a college campus, but particularly UConn, I know it's changed physically quite a bit since you were an undergrad. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, uh, you know, the ghosts of when you were a student there? No, no. Is it- I don't at it looks all. Looks so different. I know Marquette, where I, where I went. Some aspects of campus are as if nothing has changed, but then it's it's everything around it is is very different. And of course, the students have all gotten much much younger than when I was there. I don't when I go up there to to do these kind of things, mostly because when I park and then walk to the practice facility, it looks completely different. Like the practice facility didn't exist when I was there. And it's not a particularly long walk. So it's not like I'm in the parts of campus that uh, I used to haunt. What does get me is if I go to a game at Gamble, which um, which I don't very often, usually when we're calling games, um, well, we don't anymore at all if it's a UConn home game, but we used to call a number of games in uh, at the Excel Center. Um, but now any time they have a home game, it's on Fox and not on ESPN. So I haven't called them there in a while. Anyway, when I'm at Gamble, that brings me back. And the reason it brings me back more than any other is the smell. The natatorium is attached to it. So it has this sort of different smell that has a little bit of chlorine in it. Um, and it just it smells exactly the same as it did when I was a player there. And so that's what brings me back. And is that, uh, is that an unpleasant I've got to go to practice now? No, I've got to get no, my. No, it's penny. just a, oh, this is so familiar kind of a, a, a feeling. There's a timeless uh, sensation. I, it's like walking into a, a even a brand new Major League Baseball park. It, I, I may have mentioned this before. I was at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia for the second game there ever. I don't know why I wasn't there on opening day, but I was there the, the second day. And this that brand new park 
it's, it smells still like polished concrete and Lysol and whatever the concessions are. And, you know, it's like the new car smell, but it's an old car smell, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, just more than anything, smells are, are what uh, really trigger my memory. But to your point of, uh, you know, whatever started this, I don't remember, but oh, you were at uh, UConn to interview uh, people. This is kicking off college basketball season, and uh, we should have more tales from the road from you, uh, hotel check-ins, uh, flight uh, mix-ups, Uber confessions, perhaps. Um, I'll be preparing my new specialty, Rhapsody in Beige for the kids. Uh, everything, every meal will, will be the color of tater tots, french fries, chicken parm, um, chicken tenders, all of that. Sounds delicious. Season of melting meats. Mm-hmm. You you actually um, breaking out the crock pot today, two days in advance, just as a kind of a just, that, that was opening right. That was just to be uh, used as more of like a warming for Taco Tuesday me- mechanism, yeah, to make the taco meat and then just let it warm. It wasn't really going to actual, you know, cooking slash melting of the meat. Well, as you're as you're on the road, uh, with much greater frequency, uh, I'm going to use the crock pot as a warming mechanism <laughs> for myself. Perfect. It'll be like my electric blanket. Yes, I'll get an extension cord. I'll plug it in. Throw it under the covers and uh, voila. There you go. Shall we go to viewer mail? Let's go to viewer mail. I mean, why not? We don't even have, we. I have no even assurance that this podcast will be edited, produced, and posted because the last I heard from Denny Gallagher, producer Denny Gallagher, and if I'm telling tales out of school, then producer Denny Gallagher will just edit this out. Uh, he texted me a photo of a place that I've actually seen in London before in Borough Market, uh, Lobos. It's like a, uh, I don't know, a tapas or meats, a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I said, oh, are you are you, are you are you going to see Arsenal Chelsea while you're over there? This was on Saturday. Arsenal Chelsea played at Chelsea on Sunday. Arsenal won one nil. And he said, no, I'm I'm just here on my way to Portugal. So do you think if we send this podcast to Denny, he will uh, produce it from Portugal for us? We'll have to wait and see. Well, we'll see. Shall we get to viewer mail? I think I already asked that, right? Yes, let's get to viewer okay. mail. Okay. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first viewer mail comes from Higashi Kitazawa. Ah, hello, Michael. Michael in Higashi Kitazawa writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, greetings from Higashi Kitazawa. Look, look at this, Rebecca. We've got a producer in Portugal. Mm-hmm. And our first viewer mail comes from Higashi Kitazawa. That's pretty cool. This is uh, global, man. Yeah. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Michael from Higashi Kitazawa, As always, I hope this finds you both well. My birthday falls on Halloween, and I have now fallen 58 times. <laughs> Halloween birthday. We have a Christmas birthday birthday in our house. Mm -hmm. Halloween, that's a great birthday. As a kid, I would assume that's a great birthday, right? Wouldn't you think? You would think so. You get all this Mm -hmm. extra candy and gift. Michael will have to tell us in verse sometimes whether it was a a good time to be a kid on Halloween or, or not. I, too, am now firmly in that 
a mature demographic of no longer being a candy fan. We talked about that we did. last week. Mm-hmm. Neither of us, we discovered, is a candy fan. Even though we still eat it. Yes, well, it, it ha- we have to get it out of the house somehow. Yeah, true. And unless they have a uh, uh, toxic you know, household collection date at the local library where you can take your chemicals. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you else you get rid of 40 pounds of, of I know you candy. can donate it to the troops. I'll have to figure out where. But the troops, do the troops want it? I don't know. They're, troops tend to be younger, so they might still be in their candy phase. However, writes Michael, when I was much younger, I wrote this birthday. Ah, he's already done it for us. Okay. I wrote this birthday poem to myself and then and my then favorite Halloween treat. Would you like to hear it, Rebecca? Of course. It's only uh, three lines here. Ready? Mm-hmm. I was born, I was born mm-hmm. beneath the sign of candy corn. <laughs> Please keep happy and healthy. I remain Michael. Michael, uh, right back at you. Give our best to everybody in Higashi Kitazawa. Hi, receiver writes Ralph in Maryland. I am surprised that Steve did not use the purloined letter in his explanation of the word to Rebecca. Uh, of course, I should have used the purloined letter. That was uh, Edgar Allan Poe, right? What I start. I, that's what I was thinking of. I'm sure when I was thinking of it, was there a Hardy Boys mystery with that title? I started listening to the podcast at number one because I read about it on Rebecca's Twitter feed. You asked how people first heard about it. Oh, yeah. I have been following her since 1994, one way or another. UConn 13, UMass 10 at the half in football. I hope they win. Did they win? Yes, they did. They meaning a, UConn. Yeah, yes, what a, they what did. A, uh, what a turnaround for them this season. Thank you, Ralph. Uh, Ken, our friend Ken writes, oh, Rebecca, you're going to love this. Okay. The header is school picture day comb found. <laughs> I was walking into our local post office and found the attached that looks like a school picture day comb. Steve, did this fall out of your pocket as you were mailing some swag? Although I don't think you need it any longer since you're not in school. Good point, Ken. Thank you for that. I don't need the comb because I'm not in school. So Ken walking into his local post office, which is our local post office. And look at this, Rebecca. That is exactly what that is. The only thing that's missing is it's not embossed with the name of the school picture day. That's what we should get uh, for swag is um, combs, combs that say oh, ball and chain on them. That's a great idea. Picture day combs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Ken, I, 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 had you left that comb there, I would have seen it at the post office as I go to mail swag. I, I, people who've requested swag, I haven't sent it out. I will send it out uh, this week. Okay. Thank you, Ken. Uh, this comes from uh, the header is first time commentator. This is from Gloria. Hello, Gloria. Gloria writes, good morning, Stephen and Rebecca. I'm a longtime listener, completionist, in fact, but first-time viewer mailer. We really ought to have uh, theme yes. music, you know? We yes. ought to have some kind of fan, fanfare for the first-time commentator. Mm-hmm. Thanks for keeping us laughing each week. I come to you from Arizona by way of Colorado and Indiana before that. I'd like to be named your resident snowbird if there isn't already one of those as we go between Arizona and Colorado following the seasons. Resident snowbird you are, Gloria. I loved this, the discussion of bread bags in your galoshes because growing up in Indiana, they were a must. Our daughter and son-in-law recently sent our granddaughter off to college and they had taken her off of the group email with other family members until I shared with her your reasons for keeping your daughter on the group chat. You have served an important public service to at least one college student in Colorado. Keep potting. Uh, that comes from Gloria. Gloria, thank you so much. Rebecca. Welcome, you- Gloria. I'm so excited that we have a new... 
new first viewer. Con- you can only be a first-time commentator first time, once. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just this weekend, I think I told you, Rebecca, I had a conversation with uh, somebody about they have two kids in college or, or out of high school anyway. One may have graduated from college. I can't remember who I was even talking to. And uh, and with each successive uh, matriculation, they, they uh, created a new group chat. So they had group chats for all of them, group chats for the th- for the, the two kids, that group chat for the one kid. Um, and uh, we've just kept the one intact. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when like like the other day I, I sent the group chat you you were in in a studio for the Nets game and I said there's frozen pizza I don't know if you got a t- text that said there's frozen pizza yes. down here for those who celebrate and our daughter who I think was on a train from having met you at the studio to go back to college said uh, well uh, even if I were living at home I wouldn't want that. Yeah, I so, like that she still weighs in. Yeah, there's still, especially there's still on, banter. Yeah, it's, it's, and sometimes she initiates it. So there's a level of connection there. Uh, so so Gloria's in Eaton, Colorado, and Mesa, Arizona. Thank you, Gloria. Uh, our next viewer mail comes from George in Columbus, Rebecca. Hey, George. Our, uh, our, our pumpkin artist. He's the original question last week of how he became aware of the podcast well oh, that's 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 probably responding to your question is his header mm-hmm. i'm glad you re- you're the institutional memory of this podcast rebecca yeah I, I, at least as far back as a week as far back as last week yes which goes much further back than my memory rebecca and steve i was surprised and honored to hear that my name came up during a conversation with one of your friends this halloween to answer your question well i mean it, it would inevitably come up because george's pumpkin was sitting on George's jack o' lantern. George's jack o' lantern. Sort of a jack o' lantern. Or was it Jack's George o' lantern? <laughs> I don't know. But I do think we have our brought to you by now. Right. Uh, so Jack's George o' lantern was sitting on a table when you walk into our house. Mm-hmm. So it was inevitably going to be a conversation piece because that conversation was always going to be oh, you two had a pumpkin carved in your likeness by yourselves. Right. And then we, we had to parry that line of questioning and say, no, we wouldn't wouldn't do that. We did have a logo designed with our faces on it for the Ball and Chain podcast. Right. But uh, that's, that's, that's where our narcissism ends, right? right? To answer your question, in 2017, I often listened to the Mike and Mike radio show while getting ready for work. One morning, Mike Golick mentioned that he and his wife were guests on your new podcast. I had long enjoyed and admired Steve's clever writing for SI, so I thought your podcast would be worth checking out. I started, oh, if only he could go back in time now. And, and not thank have to be thank committed. you then to Mike and Christine Golick. Of course. Uh, I started listening on episode nine, Golick and the Air Filter, on 12 2017, which was the last episode that year. That means I wasn't there at exactly the beginning. But I caught up pretty quickly and have maintained my status as a completionist ever since. I suppose I should thank Mike Golick, a fellow native Eastside Clevelander, for an early Christmas gift that I continue to enjoy to this day. On another note, my wife Susan sends her thanks again for the free time she gained while I was out of her hair doing the pumpkin. All the best, George and Clemens. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a dance? Uh, totally. I was just going to say that. In 1964, doing the pumpkin, the yeah. mashed potato, mm-hmm. Wawatusi. And doing the pumpkin. Although th- when George in 2022 was doing the pumpkin, it was uh, on TikTok. Exactly. A TikTok dance. That, that's one of the questions I ask 
I was asking some of the UConn women yesterday, you know, who's the best dancer on the team? And one of the the players wanted me to clarify, do you mean regular dancing or TikTok dancing? I said either. And do you know the distinction? Uh, The distinction is when you're doing a TikTok dance, it's sort of like, you know, a dance that other people have already done. It's choreographed to a song that that, other people have already done. And and regular dancing, I guess, is just when you're out, you know, TikTok dance. Freestyle dance. TikTok dancing is is the opposite of dance like nobody's watching. TikTok right, exactly. Is, is dance like this was designed to have people watch. Exactly correct? right. Yes. I, 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 this is going to spoiler alert, Rebecca. I'm not on TikTok. Yes, exactly. It's a shocker. Hi, Rebecca. Uh, what's your name again? How do you pronounce your name? Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. Uh, this comes from uh, our BNC resident librarian, Duluthian, and occasional Floridian. Um, though we are, but she's resident librarian, not resident snowbird, right? Duluthian and Floridian. Mm-hmm. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. Writes Myra. A couple comments concerning last week's podcast. I can confirm. Oh, Floridian. So she's. Um, Referring to Publix here, Rebecca. Okay. I can confirm that Publix does provide pickup. What does that mean? Does provide pickup? That you can you can shop drop off online. groceries there. No, you can shop online and then go and pick it up. Well, but that's guess that's that what Publix she means. providing. Keep pickup? going. Maybe okay, she okay. clarifies. Keep like moving. at many other stores, curbside pickup started at many Publixes. That's the plural. Started P U B L I X E S started at many Publixes during the early days of COVID, the pandemic. When I was extremely freaked out about being near people, I used curbs that 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 you just described my, uh, my default setting, Myra. Mm-hmm. When I was extremely freaked out about being near people, I used curbside at a Publix in Fort Myers, just up the road from where you were in Bonita Springs. It functions the usual way. You order groceries online, park in one of the designated pickup spaces, and an employee brings your groceries out to you. Well, Myra has answered the question. She has solved the mystery that has been the cliffhanger. So it was not designated for pickup. And trucks. yet, there was a giant pickup truck pick parked in the spot marked pickup, which is, which explains your confusion. That's why my brain thought what it thought. Mm-hmm. Though the concept of designated parking spaces for pickups for big pickups makes sense, I doubt if Florida is the best place for it. Where, no surprise, I've seen big pickups parked in compact only spaces. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen that uh, up here as well, Rebecca. Yes. There's a spot. You shouldn't say where it is because it's your go-to spot at Bradley Airport parking here in Hartford. Right. The parking garage Mm -hmm. where there is usually. There's usually somewhere to park. Somewhere to park. I have to navigate. Even when it appears that there isn't. The minefield that is all the the pickups that are but it, that's what, exactly there it's also where a lot of big pickups park yeah right? so so it's one of those things when you're sliding out of the berth after returning on your after returning home you have to inch out inch out inch out because there's a giant pickup on either side of you and and it's a blind it's the best blowout. use of the backup camera is sort of like the your backup camera uh, at least ours on the minivan has like a nice peripheral, like wide view. And, yes. and that's when I use it the most is if I'm backing up when I'm in between pickups to see if there's anything coming on from either direction. But to Myra's point and mine earlier, it would make sense to have pickup parking for that yeah. reason, right? Yeah. But Mar- Myra has solved the mystery. It, it it definitely is, I don't know, a mystery. It was one or the other. It's, it's not 
pickup truck parking it is for picking up groceries. Yes. You're wondering how long-time viewers became aware of the podcast, writes Myra. I started with episode one and have continued on for the following 227. 227, Rebecca. The following 227. That means there's this is, does this two, number well, I'm 229? I'm focused on 227 because that was the name of a, of a of TV, TV series show, starring Nell Carter, wasn't it? Was Whew. Nell Carter in 227? I don't remember. It was Jack A. Was it Jack was A? was one of the stars of oh, that it one. It was Jack A? Jack okay. A, yeah. I, I, I of 227, okay. sure. Whew. Right. W-H-E-W. Whew. Writes W-H-E-W. That, that would be good call letters for radio stations, by the way. Wait, right. right? That probably has been. Whew. Writes Myra. It was so long ago that I don't remember how I originally learned of it, but I think it was around the time of Stingray Afternoon's publicity, and in my OCD kind of way, I went down some internet rabbit hole where the forthcoming podcast happened to be mentioned. Maybe Twitter, maybe YouTube. However, what I do remember is how excited I was the first time you read an email that I had sent. It was concerning a reference you had made to something in Green Acres, but had said Petticoat Junction. That would have been my mistake, Rebecca, because you would never have brought up either of those shows, right? True. In fact, uh, our brother-in-law, Ronnie, mm-hmm. her sister's husband, has commented many times offline uh, how how uh, he can't believe that you and your sister are oblivious to so many of the TV shows that we both know by heart. Right? Yeah. Well, you guys didn't watch enough TV growing up. I think we, is- we just. Where we were, where we lived, which was in the middle, so sort of of nowhere, we, it took a long time for us to get cable. So our options weren't probably as expansive yeah. as yours. Living in the, the what do we call it, the near suburb, the, the strong suburb, strong suburb, where, where we got Petticoat Junction. Yes, I couldn't resist pointing out such an egregious error. You thanked me nicely and said you realized you had misspoken as soon as you said it, but hadn't corrected yourself. So that made me feel. Uh, less guilty about correcting you. Speaking of longtime viewers, I've been wondering about something that Roger, the Colorado waving cyclist, can answer. So, Roger, if you're if you're not cycling, can you answer this? Do cyclists in Colorado actually wave to each other? For road bikers in northern Minnesota, that's an extremely rare occurrence. Serious road bikers and those who perceive themselves to be serious don't acknowledge anyone. For the rest of us, our form of a wave is to keep a palm on the handlebar and just raise our fingers a bit. And occasionally, in a Minnesota version of an extreme outward display of emotion, we had a slight head nod. That's a, that is a, a public display of affection that you would never see here in New England. Yeah. A slight head nod, right? right. right. Looking away would be more likely. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I thought that this is just the way it is in cycling, but maybe that's just how it is here. Though we are Minnesota nice, we certainly wouldn't want to be too showy about it. Uh, well said, Myra. Still enjoying the podcast over all this time. Uh, Myra. Thank you, Myra. Our penultimate email, Rebecca. Yes. Comes from Gail. And Gail has attached a photograph. And it is of uh, kids in Astros gear at the Astros game, it would appear. Ready? Yes. World Series week from Houston, in fact, is her header. And she writes, Rebecca and Steve, a few thoughts from Houston on this world on this World Series week. One, this entire city was cheering for Dusty. I am thrilled for him. Seems like a great guy. I can confirm Uh I'm thrilled for him. In my experience, he is a great guy. Wrote a long profile of him for Sports Illustrated a thousand years ago. Spent a lot of time with him. Talked to his mother. Uh, actually got a letter from his mother after the story appeared saying something that you and I have talked about that I gave Dusty's father. Typical of, of sports reporters, I'd given the father 
all the credit for uh, Dusty and not the mother, which her point was well taken. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think I credited both of them, but Dusty's relationship with his father for a couple of years, they didn't speak to one another, uh, was a, a big uh, thread in the story. What year did you write the story? It was, it was better to ask what century. What it century? was 1999, I discovered when I Googled it the other day. But Dusty's dad always worked two jobs. He was a civilian working for the military, but he also you know, sold TVs at Sears and a bunch of other things. Dusty told me he would come home, take a 20-minute nap, and then go back to a second job, but never missed one of his games. And his mother told me, his mother Christine, who just died sadly at age 90 in January of this year, um, you know, said she always taught her children to to vote, to stand up for those uh, who don't have a voice, to uh, pick your fights. Don't fight every battle, but uh, you know the ones you do fight, fight righteously. Today and, is uh, as it's voting ahead. days is yes, the perfect time absolutely. to recount that. Uh, exactly. Let's hope there's no recounting, but yes. Right. Two, this summer we bought a mattress from Gallery Place Furniture, a.k.a. Mattress Mac, a colorful Houston business owner. Rebecca, oh, you, we don't have to tell you, right? I played one season in Houston. Mattress Mac was a big supporter of not only the Houston Rockets, but the Houston Comets yes. as well. We bought our mattress during the If the Astros Win, You Get Double Your Money Back, so we had extra incentive to cheer for the Astros this year. Ma- mattress Mac, I, I don't think we'll be requiring – we'll be uh, – needing uh, hurting for any discounts he's offered because didn't we read that he won 75 million dollars on a 10 million dollar bet for yes. the Astros to win the World Series yes uh, those who know mattress Mac know that uh, I don't think that's the first time he's placed a large bet is it I don't know no I don't think so uh, so that was we've done number one we've done spelled out uh, number two TWO and this is Roman numeral three my kids had Monday off of school for the parade we gave them the option to either go downtown and watch the parade or go to the park and hang out with their friends they chose the park can't say I was mad about it so there they are at the parade and one of the kids I have to say these adorable kids is reading I can just tell from the uh, from the font Rebecca from the from the typeface that it's it's a Harry Potter book and as I zoom in he's starting chapter five Weasley's Wizard wheezes. Okay, perfect. I, I I wish I could tell you which uh, uh, volume that was, but we read them all with the kids, and um, and I, I recognize that font from afar. D. I've attached a pic of my eight-year-old. Oh well, there, here we go. I've attached a book of a picture picture of my eight-year-old at the Minute Maid from this summer. His highlights from watching the Astros play include ice cream and a mini batting helmet and whatever book he is reading at the time. I mean, is there a better? Eight years old, 58 years old, is there a better way to spend an afternoon at the ballpark with a Sunday in a helmet and a book for the occasional, those occasional uh, slower moments in a baseball game, Rebecca? I mean, either the Sunday in the helmet or with a Sunday in a helmet. Absolutely. You, either way, it's perfect. Absolutely. And uh, lastly, Rebecca, looking at this picture of the kids, this orange Astros hat. This is such a vivid childhood memory of mine. My my uncle Pat and Aunt Sandy lived in Houston when I was a kid. We went down and visited them once. It was the one and only time that I rode a horse, and we took a tour of the Astrodome. But 
what what stands out most for me is I don't know if it was for a birthday or for Christmas or what, but but they sent me this very same orange Astros hat with the star and the H, and it was so no pun intended out of left field because you know I had twins gear. Um, I've been to a Cubs game, uh, but Houston Astros, you know, Cincinnati Reds, we were huge Reds fans. My mom was from Cincinnati and the big red machine was, you know, the best team in baseball, but to get an Astros hat, it just, it, it was so cool. And I, and I, and I wore that thing constantly. So anyway, it's good to see these kids in the Astros hat. And yes, we're very happy for Dusty. Thanks, Gail. And lastly, Rebecca, DGS, I mean it's 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 without fail i mean dgs he 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 punches the clock he goes to work every week and every week. sends a viewer mail yes he does and and it, it, god knows nine out of ten times it has to be a burden that he wants no part of right i hope not but probably so yes long weekend away brief report Report, writes Dr. Siegel. Uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve, as always, thanks for an enjoyable podcast that was quite entertaining during my trip over the past weekend. Mrs. DGS and I, along with a few other people, enjoyed a long weekend at a coastal resort in South Georgia. Presumably they didn't have to fly there, Rebecca, on either Southwest or Delta. Hmm. I am fortunate enough to be on the board of a nonprofit company that is involved with medical office supply purchasing. And the board goes annually to a nearby resort for a retreat. We've visited the Georgia coast, Western North Carolina mountains, and Charleston, among other places. It sounds very pleasant, doesn't it, Rebecca? It does, very. Uh, I mean, talking about medical office supply purchasing over over cocktails in, a, uh, in some kind of a resort in, in South Georgia. Yeah. Right? What do you suppose those are, those office supplies? I don't know. Hmm. Is it medical office supplies, I guess, are different from regular office supplies? Well, Yeah. Well, no. I mean, they still need stationery and pens and staplers. What's your favorite office supply? Have we have we have we done a devoted an entire podcast to this topic before? No, I there is a certain type of pen that I like. Um, I, I would stapler it, it, always. You, you can say it's the G seven whatever, right? The yeah, pilot maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't use a stapler very often, but when I need a stapler, I need a stapler. Well, same with a paperclip. Perhaps perhaps medical office supplies are. You don't want to screw up the staplers that you use to staple papers together and the staples that you use to staple people together, right? Right. You know what? This just this is not really connected. I but wonder now if the I'm sorry, Rebecca. I don't mean to cut you off. Though but I just you did. do consistently. I, I wonder if there's a big box medical supply, uh, medical office supply chain called Staples, but it's for stapling. Mm-hmm. You, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Tell I'm me sorry. When, you, when I can carry on. You, you're allowed I, to speak now. Are you sure? Because you just interrupted me again. <laughs> um, I don't know why this made me think. Well, yes, I do. The, the staple piece. Y- yesterday, when I'm in stores um, and I'm talking to Paige Beckers, I, you know, she she's had an ACL repaired, and I asked her. I said, "Do you have a screw in your in your leg that you can feel? Because it grosses my kids out that they they can uh, yes. feel the screw in my knee." And she said. I don't think I have a screw in my knee. And um, she yells over to AZ Fudd, who has also had a ACL uh, repaired. She said, AZ, you have screws in your in your leg from having your ACL repaired? And AZ said, no, I think I have buttons. And then the-, the Can you get buttons? I don't know. I don't know. And I said, well, maybe it's a generational thing. You know, my ACL repair was 20 years ago or whatever. And buttons then, hadn't been invented yet. And then uh, and then the one of our- 
crew people, I'm not sure if it was our audio guy or the camera guy who who's older than me said, uh, mine were staples. When I right. and I said in an ACL repair, he said, "Yeah, so he's he's staples. I'm a screw in my knee. AZ is buttons." And uh, and did AZs and, come like when you buy a shirt? Did it come with an extra button? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, and so the the verdict is still out on uh, on Paige. She doesn't know what uh, what form of um, office supply was used to uh, to repair her ACL. Well, that's very interesting. Um, where where was I? I'm sorry, Doctor Siegel. We've gone completely off the all rails. The, all of you, all those times you interrupted me, you've lost your place. <laughs> yes, with medical office supply purchasing. I was just saying it sounds like a very pleasant annual get together, yes, right? Right, exactly. After a weekend of relax. Oh, by the way, Rebecca, mm-hmm. I didn't get to say my favorite office supply. Okay, what's it's, yours? It's the uh, it's the the large size clamp style paperclip. Oh, I like those. Yeah, you know. And Black and silver. I like the small. I like the small ones clamp as well. ones, yeah. But but those yeah. definitely have better structural integrity than just a regular paper. Clip. Yeah, yeah. Even even to hold a bag of chips together. True. We're using one right now to hold a bag of chips together. I think, aren't we? But perhaps the most gratifying thing, and maybe the only gratifying thing about about finishing a manuscript for a book, is clamping printed pages together with one of those giant. Oh, yeah. Uh, clamps. After a weekend of relaxation, writes Dr. Siegel, eating and drinking, my report is brief, yet my belt is a bit tight. It's Monday, so it's back to reality for us all. One, I still enjoy candy and always enjoyed putting the leftover chocolate Halloween candy in the freezer. A few years ago, when eating a frozen Snickers, one of my back teeth crowns broke. It was an expensive Snickers, and now the candy doesn't get past the refrigerator. Quoting my dentist verbatim, eating frozen candy is like eating rocks. (laughs) Lesson learned. Two, uh, I just keep thinking of Jack fell down and broke his crown and Jill came tumbling after, mm-hmm. right? Two, you've asked about how old times like George and I found out about the podcast. And honestly, I have no clear recollection. Well, this is what makes old timers old timers, right? Having no clear recollection. Right, right. And I'm there. I don't remember where I put the, the uh, thing with the coffee. But I'm sure glad that I did. I've not been successful in recruiting many viewers, however, for which I apologize. He's probably, uh, uh, I think he's attracted viewers in, in with his with his weekly epistles, Rebecca. I think so. Mrs. DGS and the children remain, for reasons unbeknownst to me, nonplussed by the pod. Well, Dr. Siegel, we're glad that you remain plussed. Plussed, yes. Three, while certainly uh, many may not be happy that the Astros have won the World Series, along with so many, I am thrilled that Dusty Baker has won a World Series as a manager. There's another voice mm-hmm. added to the Dusty Chorus. Four, Formula One returns to Sao Paulo this weekend in the season's penultimate contest. Rebecca, have you ever played basketball in Sao Paulo, Brazil? I may have. I've played basketball. sure I- you have. I've played basketball in Brazil. I would assume we went there, Yes. It's interesting that you you've played basketball in so many places that you don't remember or have uh, recalled, you know, uh, recovered memories know. of that. As as when Kiev was first being uh, bombed, and you said, "I played the basketball game in Kiev." Yeah, and it was sort of a recovered memory. Uh, when teams such as Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, and the French team Alpine are racing for the highest position in the championship tables in order to secure more money and win tunnel time for 2023 car development. And 
at the mention of championship tables, Dr. Siegel provides what may be his first ever footnote, Rebecca. Ah. There's an asterisk and a footnote, championship tables, not standings. Again, straight from the UK and Formula One soccer slash soccer lingo. Yes, the top of the table is what you get go in first place in English soccer. So Arsenal are top of the table right now in the Premier League. Five, and finally, Rebecca, car racing teams use wind tunnels. This is in response to a question that you had. Uh, with models of the cars scaled at 50 to 60% or larger to test the aerodynamics of the car in terms of downforce, which is essential in Formula One for fast cornering and the fastest lap times. Some circuits call for high downforce, which can be adjusted on the cars with different shaped bits, parentheses, front wings, rear wings, and more. And some tracks are low downforce tracks. Lastly, wind tunnels are not unique to Formula One. Both IndyCar and NASCAR teams use them as well. Who else uses wind tunnels, Rebecca? Um, the Air Force. <laughs> I don't know. I would think so. I think. I, I always, I like, always like to see slow motion video of of people in wind tunnels, and uh, even even the uh, most supple of, of faces turns jowly right, in a wind tunnel. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah, true. I'm not sure that I would love to see myself in a wind tunnel at this point. <laughs> nobody our age should. <laughs> a mirrored nobody, wind tunnel. Saying, nobody our age should see me in a wind tunnel. <laughs> no, should see themselves in a in a wind. Tunnel. I don't think anybody, even even a young person, shouldn't see themselves yeah, in a wind true. tunnel because Very, it's a vision true. of it's a vision of not being a young person. Very which is true. which is a great thing, not being a young person, because it means you're you know, you're still hanging in there. But, but, we're not. We're we're done for the day, Rebecca. We are done. Uh, for uh, wherever he may be, producer Denny Gallagher, Tom Dickhari, play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.